CPA and CFP Don Cash has made it his life's work to help people like you plan their finances and achieve their retirement goals. It's time for your money and your life. Hey everybody, welcome into the Labor Day edition of Your Money and Your Life podcast with Don Cash and myself. Happy Labor Day to everybody. A couple days before Labor Day, but close enough. What's going on, my friend? How are you? I'm good, Mark. How are you doing? Hanging in there, trying to get through the summer and uh, got, yeah. some, got some heat back again. How are you doing? Uh, same here. I mean, we had a little break over the past couple of days, but uh, it's been you know consistently warm as we can expect, right? It's still summer. Oh, yeah. No, it's definitely summer, but it is winding down. It is winding down. So uh, we had our governor came out and made a few changes uh, the other day. How about you guys? How are you guys doing there? Yeah. I mean, we're going through the same thing. I mean, yesterday was my first day back at the gym in six months. Oh, okay. So that felt, it's kind of weird. Like you go back in there and it's like, wow, I just felt like I never left. And right. It's like strange when you go back to a place you haven't been to. I, I think it's the longest I've been away from the gym probably since I was like, you know, 21 years old. So it's been a long time, hmm. but uh, it felt good to get back and indoor dining starts uh, Labor Day uh, weekend on Friday. So that's a big deal with partial, not full. It's like, I think 25% capacity. So yeah, I think we're all uh, looking forward to that, uh, particularly, you know, here with outdoor dining, we've had for a few months. If the weather's inclement, I mean, you're really, you know, in trouble. We've had a couple of nights out there where it starts uh, raining a little lightly and then you get some dark clouds and like oh boy now what do we do we can't rush in a building right together it's like you know you have to run back to your car if you <laughs> if you're hopefully you're close enough to the car it's just a strange uh, phenomenon yeah no definitely well hopefully we'll uh, continue to move into these new things uh, you guys had a little trip how'd that go it was good i mean uh, you know getting back to uh Dare I say normal right now? No, don't jinx it open. now. Don't jinx no, it. No, I'm not going to say not normal, but it's close to normal with the gyms and restaurants and being able to go away. So, yeah, we're just back from our annual family trip. You know, usually, as you know, it's in Siesta Key, Florida. That's our place that we uh, usually spend time in the summer driving all the way down there. It's a long trip. Pass through your neck of the woods on the way down. Mm-hmm. And this mm-hmm. year we spent a week in, in Cape May, New Jersey. Are you familiar with that? Uh, yeah, it's been a long time since I've been up that way, but yeah. Yeah. Cape May is in the, uh, in the Southern tip of New Jersey. It's kind of like a, a peninsula it sticks out like Florida does in, mm-hmm. uh, in, in the East coast. So it's pretty cool. So, um, you know, we, it was great. You know, the, the weather was fantastic, which is always a, the big key when you're de- taking a Jersey shore vacation, <laughs> right? Right. Because if you don't have good weather and you're in a, a condo, it just, you, you feel a bit claustrophobic and a lot less to do, but it was crowded, but you know, less than normal, what I would expect, but you know, a lot of people, lots of face coverings, which it is, I, I did not expect that down there. Cause you know, here I'm seeing less and less of that, especially on the beach, but even down there on the beach, I mean, people were walking, on the beach with which seems a little odd with the the face covering you know carrying their chairs and umbrellas and and gear yeah uh and it's 85 degrees right and breezy well but, um, you know it was bound to happen i don't know if you saw it or not but i, I saw that the companies were selling to the ladies they were selling it throughout the summer called the trikini and it was uh you know bottoms <laughs> a top and then a mask and they all matched they all they all went together. I was like, wow, okay. So you you're know, selling think, a swimsuit with a with a mask. I think I saw some of that at these boutiques down there. You may have. Yeah. And I didn't put two and two together. That well, I should put three and three together, three to right? Three. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. But uh, yeah, there, it was, uh, it, other than 
being a little bit surprised at that, you know, a lot more face coverings down there. And it could be a lot of New Yorkers driving down there, and people from Philadelphia. But yeah. uh, outdoor dining was uh, was going on. There was plenty of people eating out. But it's all about family time and spending time together, doing lots of long bike rides and long walks and mini golf and food and sunsets and sunrises. I even woke up early one day, which uh, I, I've haven't done in many, many years to see the sunrise over the beach. So that was pretty cool. Now, Cape May is unusual because if you look at a map of, of the East Coast, it doesn't face east, west, north, south. You know, the beach kind of faces down there. Um, it, it faces more south. So you get actually a sunrise over the beach and a sunset over the beach. <laughs> which was kind of cool, right? You can so one day I was uh, with the family, saw the sunset like around five seven thirty seven forty five, then woke up for the sunrise at about six fifteen or so. So it's pretty cool. I mean, it was neat nice. to say. And Good. Cape May, it's only it's less than a two hour drive, so it's a lot less stressful, right? Than packing up the car or going for a going to Florida, like a drive yeah. to Florida, or flying to California. So. Or, you know, it was uh, it, it was pretty chill. So, but good. how's the end of your summer been? Uh, pretty good. Stayed around the place for the most part. Finally got the deck done. I've been talking about on the podcast for a while. It's finally right. built. So, I uh, just got the the grill on it and some furniture and all that stuff. So the wife's all excited. So we'll uh, since it's Labor Day's upon us, we'll be using that this weekend. We'll probably make some hamburgers and some things of that nature and chill out by the pool since it's going to be ninety five. It appears for Ooh. the next couple of days, so it's going to be pretty hot. But I suppose we ought to turn our attention and get into what we typically do here, which is talk about some financial stuff. So I got to ask you, Don, about what's going on with the, well, with the market. I mean, we've got uh, the fifth straight month of gains. Uh, the S&P 500 had its best month since 86. The real estate market's on fire. I think uh, NASDAQ's been good. I think we're all, we've either passed pre-COVID numbers or really close on different indexes, depending on which one you're looking for at the time that we're taping this. So just exactly what everyone thought would happen in April. <laughs> <laughs> right, exactly. So, so what's going on here, man? What's happening? Yeah, you look back at, at March and April, and, and if you figured, you know, we'd be where we are now, at least from a you know a financial standpoint, no, you know, no one probably would have yeah. predicted back, it. Yeah, back or better in some places, but yeah, yet, I mean, but yet we still have unemployment. I mean, it's just very confusing. It, it is, and uh, you know, in many respects, it's a dichotomy. What's going on out there? A lot of people certainly are suffering, so don't want to minimize that. Right, you know, from a standpoint of uh, losing their job and. And there's a uh, you know definite health concerns out there, but you know everyone keeps to keep in mind when you say five straight months of gains. When we say the stock market, mm-hmm. right? We think right. of the Dow Jones or the S and P 500. But you know, as we've discussed many times in the past, there are really many stock markets and asset categories like you know large uh, company stocks, small company stocks, growth stocks, right? Versus value stocks. And, you know, right now people are talking about these large growth stocks like Facebook and Apple and uh, Netflix and Google and Tesla now, although Tesla is taking a big hit, right? Mm -hmm. I've seen in the the news, but to be expected, it's had such a large run up, but actually, you know, a better broad index market is called the Wilshire 5000. And it used to be called the Dow Jones Wilshire 5000, but okay. they changed that over the past couple of years. It's actually an index of 3,500 stocks. So it's much broader than the Dow Jones average of 30 or the S&P 500 index of 500. So it's called the Wilshire 5000, 
uh, even though it's got 3,500 stocks, because back in 1974, when it started, the index actually did have 5,000 stocks. So instead of changing the name around, right, so the Wilshire 3,500, the Wilshire 4,000, it just kept it the Wilshire 5,000. So yeah, we've had five straight months of gains, and that's good news for sure. And you know, I, like you said, the large growth companies and the NASDAQ are the ones that are way up, like those Facebook and Apple stocks. Yeah, the tech's driving a lot of it, for sure. Google, right? Yeah. And, you know, many of these are directly benefiting from people staying home since March and April. But that may change with a lot of people going out more often, right, and kind of resuming their normal activities. Uh, the Dow Jones and the S&P 500 are up as well, along with the, the NASDAQ being number one. Mm-hmm. Not as much as the NASDAQ, but small companies and value companies like banks and car companies and pharmaceuticals and, and oil companies, they're up too, but not as much. And the reason why, you know, this run up over the past several months, we have low interest rates, which is always good for stocks, stimulus checks, right? We were written back in uh, the end of March and PPE money, PPP money. And a lot of the the money that was um, stimulated through the Federal Reserve action, right, right. Uh, not to mention better virus news, right? We have uh, a slowdown in the rate of growth of the virus, even in the midst of more testing. I think they're doing something like what is it, Mark? Like seven or eight hundred thousand tests a day. It's yeah, supposedly that's. Although it seems like lately all that news gets pushed to the back burner for everything else that's on. There, yeah, right. right. You, you know. have to dig to find that. I mean, yeah. that was like the, the the big topic several months ago. But lots of testing. Yeah. Uh, but better virus, more reopenings. You know, we're talking about what's going on here in New Jersey and uh, even in Pennsylvania and mm-hmm. Delaware, right. Carolina, Florida's trying to reopen Miami and Palm Beach County and that area. So. We have better treatments for sure, right? Vaccines on the way. The president's saying we're going to vaccine before the end of the year. And who knows? But it it seems like things are moving in the right direction. Well, let me circle back just a bit because tech is driving a lot of what we've seen in in this run-up on the market. Is that where people should be leaning? That seems what they're doing, right? I mean, I guess that's why they're going up. So what's your take on that? You know, it's interesting. As humans... We're certainly prone to uh, what they call recency bias, right? So thinking that what's happened recently, we we can project in the future. But historically, the Dow Jones, the S&P 500, the NASDAQ have not been the best indexes and often have lagged, right, or crashed much harder than others. I mean, if if you look at how money grows over time, Mark, uh, if you took $1, and invested it in the S&P 500 back in 1926, you'd have almost $10,000. So quite a bit. Okay. Large value type stocks. And you think of like, you know, the Exxon Mobiles of the world or the Pfizer's of the world that would grow to $17,000. So uh, almost twice as much. But if you took the same amount, the $1 and invested it in a small value type stock, do you know what it would have grown to in that period of time? Uh, I have no, tell me. I have no idea. All right. All right. So we have large growth, right? S&P 500, yep. about 10,000. Okay. We have value stocks growing to 17,000. Okay. Small value would have grown to over $90,000. Holy moly. Wow. So a huge differential. So the question is always, why put all of your eggs in the basket 
with the lowest historical growth. <laughs> right, right. Right. So it's, you know, people just don't think that way often. But I hear folks say, but Don, this is over a hundred years. I don't have a hundred years to live. Right. So, you know, what, what could happen over the, you know, the next uh, 10, 20, 30 years? And these trends tend to show up over, you know, 10, 20, 30 year periods as well. Yeah. So you do likely have 10 or 20 years or more to live. Right. So the key to prudent investing is discipline and diversification. So the thinking is have a little bit of everything, Mark, and lean toward those asset classes with a higher historical return, like the value versus these growth stocks, or even having a percentage of small instead of all large to get that better expected rate of return over time. Yeah. Well, you know, you're talking diversification, and obviously that's something that we talk about often and a lot of advisors talk about. But it seems in 2020, Don, everything seems to be extremism one way or the other. How you feel about masks, how you don't, about your political affiliation or whatever the case is. You know, everybody seems to be super divided amongst almost all lines. And of course, with the election coming up, how does that factor into the planning? Because people feel very polarized by it. You know, it's interesting you talk about that, the, uh, how people are polarized and they don't understand diversification. And we've gone through that before, right? People think of diversification like being, you know, I'll have a, a bunch of uh, large stocks and uh, I'll have 20 large stocks and that's diversification. Well, it's really not, right? Because you're in one kind of category. You're not diversified across different asset classes. And even now what you mentioned about the uh, divide between masks and no masks and you know how far to keep social distancing. You know, if you diversify your precautions health-wise, like boost your immune system, right? Make sure you get enough sleep, you eat properly, you exercise. You don't just lean on the mask, right? So even you know, Dr. Fauci said uh, months ago, this mask issue gives people a false sense of security. So right. you know, just think of the big picture. So you know, we do have an election coming up to your question, has it factor into planning? It, you know, it's a great question. People ask, well, if Biden wins, how will the market react, right? International stocks may do better in that case. May. May. If yeah. Trump wins, domestic stocks may do better. You know, perhaps. I say perhaps because four years ago, we also have a, had, we had a, a very contentious election, right? Oh, yeah. Between uh, President Trump and Hillary Clinton. And going into that election, the thinking was well, if President Trump wins, the stock market's going to crash. That's what Mark Cuban said. Oh, the and, night of, yeah, big talk about that, yeah, right. And internal, st- the international stocks in particular would go through the floor; they would totally crash because he he's such a a protectionist in these rattling cages, uh, particularly with China and and the talk of of tariffs and and trade wars. And ironically, you know, that night, as you mentioned, the, when it looked like he was going to win, when it was sure that he had the electoral college won, the the futures market had. Uh, had, had him winning and down by a thousand points, right? At one o'clock or two o'clock in the morning. I remember mm-hmm. vividly watching this and okay. thinking, oh right. boy, this is going to be <laughs> ugly. And what happens is the next year, the market here is um, over 20%, and international markets are up over 20% the following year. So we need to look past the politics, right? And it's hard to do. Sure. Very I mean, much right so. now we have you know riots and protests and 
COVID and schools not opening and all, you know, fear and concern about uh, what's going to happen with second waves. So getting back to just dealing with the basics, uh, stay the course. We talked about this, Mark, in March and April. And, uh, you know, last week, actually, I listened to one of our March shows and I said, I think actually we did a pretty good job back then, you know, (laughs) talking about the same thing, staying the course, being disciplined, that, you know, these these markets go down. We don't know what the news is going to be. Right. The markets react to news and news is unpredictable. Sure. Right. So the market's unpredictable. But staying the course is a lot like, uh, you know, being in marriage. Right. It's good times and bad. And we have to stick with it. Well, and I think it's a great point to make. And as I mentioned, I mentioned the market, but also real estate. The housing market is just ripping in many parts of the country. I mean, how did that happen? I mean, the middle of a pandemic for that matter, the low, the super low interest rates. I mean, everybody was getting calls about, you know, hey, refi, refi. Do you think that's kind of driving that? Yeah, that's definitely a part of the story. And, uh, you know, it's funny. I think back to when we started kind of getting out of our houses more, walking around in late March and April. And you started seeing people walking around when the weather broke. And I was walking around my neighborhood. I live in a pretty typical subdivision. And a lot of younger people move in, older people move out. Younger family moved in down the street. And they were pouring money, and they still are, into their home, you know, renovating and making, expanding it and landscaping and the pool and all the whole nine yards. And this was, you know, in March and April. And their neighbors, older guys, been here 20 years. It kind of took me inside and said, this is a total mistake this guy's doing. This market is going to crash. These houses are going to be going for pennies on the dollar. And he couldn't have been more wrong, right? Right. The demand for homes here in this part of New Jersey is markets out of control. People are selling their homes and they're getting multiple offers without even putting a sign out in the lawn. I've never seen anything like this. So it reminds me, have you ever seen that sci-fi movie? Uh, I think this is what's driving part of this. It's a 1980s movie called Escape from New York. <laughs> yeah, it's one of my all-time favorites, man. It's great. <laughs> yeah. Kurt Russell. Snake is the, Plissken, that's right. Yeah, he, exactly. He, you're, you're good with these oh, yeah. old movies. We talked about Soiling Green month, months uh, yeah, ago. I, right? I, I, yeah, I'm a, I'm a movie junkie, so yeah. It's funny because it's a similar kind of dystopian Very much uh, so, yeah. New York, about you know, times in New York and what's going to happen in the future. But in this movie, people are fleeing New York City in droves, right? It's supposed to be like the year 1997, right? Yeah, and, <laughs> yeah that's and the funny part, right? And New York City is this maximum security prison, and people are trying to get out of New York. Well, you know, we saw the same thing here in New Jersey. It was right after 9-11. People were leaving New York in droves and coming to uh, New Jersey to, to buy real estate, to be okay. close enough to work, but you know, not right in Manhattan or New York City proper. So, you know, the phenomena we have here, there's 8 million people living right next door in, in New York City. And a two-bedroom apartment in, in the Chelsea neighborhood that's in the, on the, uh, the west side mm-hmm. rents for $5,000 a month. Holy cow. Wow. For a two-bedroom apartment. That's the average rent. So mm-hmm. think of it, right? Now, right now, you're in a two-bedroom apartment. There's no theater no restaurants, no indoor dining, that is. That's right? no true, sport, yeah. No sports, no yeah. Knicks, no Yankees, no Mets. A lot of the reasons you want to be there, you can't really do. That's exactly right. Yeah. 
you know, walking around is like being in a sci-fi movie. Yeah. Right. With with uh, people, you know, walking away from you and uh, social distancing is very difficult, obviously, with all those people. So, you know, and here you are, you're stuck in a two bedroom apartment. And for much less of the that five thousand dollars a month, you could have a mortgage. Uh, you can buy a very nice home on an acre of land close to the beach, close to golf and parks, maybe even on a golf course. You can work at a home, right? Zoom in your own office at home. <laughs> uh, no commuting. You could save money. You could eat better, sleep more. And you have three more hours of time with no traveling, right? No meetings in the course of a day. If I was talking to a friend of mine yesterday, just came off the golf course and he said, uh, he's a corporate guy. He says, I have three more hours of my day now. I can you know, sleep better. I can eat better. He's lost got to be like 50 pounds. Oh, wow. He's, he's in much better health. And he's telling me a lot of his colleagues are going through the same thing. You know, They're eating better. They have a better lifestyle. So that is driving the prices way up here. So the other factors besides we have super low interest rates, right? Mm-hmm. We have easy money. Getting a mortgage is not nearly as hard as it used to be many years ago. We have a demand for space. People want to live in bigger homes now, which is totally the opposite of what we had right even a year ago. And a shifting culture to work at home. You know, that may change. I think a lot of companies, Mark, I'm not sure if you're hearing that this, but they, they find that their people are productive. But there's something that's kind of lost working out of your house, right? Not being in the building with your colleagues. Yeah, that kind of bullpen mentality. Yeah. Yeah. This kind of a, a loss of camaraderie, if you will, mm-hmm. and a loss in, in, in loyalty to the company and a shared mission. So I think that may change. But right now, I mean, you could live in New Jersey or North Carolina or Florida or anywhere. And um, there's more demand, right, for these for these kind of homes that, uh, that people live in in the suburbs. And there's low supply. And, you know, I was thinking about this recently. My sister's a realtor. She mentioned that people are still reluctant to show their homes, right? They don't want 20 people walking through their house. So what we have is low supply and a lot of demand. And that's just, you know, pushing these home prices way up. So, you know, what's suffering that I'm seeing with friends of mine who live in the city is mass transit, right? Buses and subways. I mean, big time. So uh, that is, uh, you know, one industry I think it's going to be hurting uh, for quite some time. So, you know, right now everyone's kind of rushing into real estate, maybe overpaying. Uh, We saw the same thing, as I mentioned, after 9-11 from 2001 to 2007, right? Real estate prices went through the roof. We had a stock market drop and desire for more space. But then what did we have in 2007 and 8, right? We had a big crash, massive foreclosure. So it's a cycle. As I mentioned before, people have two biases. They have recency bias, hindsight bias. So, you know, I always share with people, never say those four dreaded words. This time it's different because it's uh, history tends to repeat itself, if not rhyme. Yeah, I always love that. It doesn't repeat itself, but it often rhymes. Well, you know, with uh, you know, with this exodus, so to speak, going on, do you p- specifically have any clients that are planning on cashing out and moving away? You know, a few, Mark, but before they do, we always sit down and I have a process that I go through with them. We we update the budget, you know, talk about where you want to move, right? What's the uh, the pros and the cons? Do you sell first? 
right? And then buy or buy first, then sell. And, you know, what's the real estate or income tax uh, uh, in the retirement, um, the income tax on retirement income where you're moving to? So there's a process that we sit down with to go through people before they make that decision. Gotcha. Okay. Well, and and hopefully before you make any decisions, folks, you will follow up and have a conversation with an advisor like Don before you take action. If you're already working with him, I'm sure you will. But if you're not and you need some help, well, hopefully you know what to do by now. But if not, you can always call him at 800-664-1183. It's 800-664-1183. And we're going to wrap it up this week with a little getting to know you as we wind down the show. Uh, where are you getting your news from these days? I mean, it's interesting. People are all over the map on that too. Yeah, you know, it's uh, my news source hasn't really changed that much in the past six month marks. I'm just a kind of old fashioned in the way I get news and then I get a, a newspaper delivered to my house every morning, which is, you know, becoming more rare. It's a Wall Street Journal. Right. So I read that uh, every day and I read um, a lot of online stuff. Market Watch, I, I get Forbes delivered and Kiplinger's delivered and New York Times online. So I try to get you know, my news from a, a diversified source. And, uh, but I, I also try to not to obsess over the news too much, meaning that it's very easy to kind of get addicted to your cell phone doing this or your computer. I, I try to just kind of allocate a certain amount of time for news and then shut it off. So I'm not constantly sort of tethered to the news, if you know what I mean. Right, right. No, that's a good way to be. And we definitely have to look at a lot of different sources, uh, it seems, nowadays as well. So that's going to do it for the show. We're going to wrap it up here on Your Money and Your Life with Don Cash. So, again, a lot of information when it comes to what's been going on as we're winding down summer with what's happening with the market and real estate. As always, if you've got questions or concerns before you take action, you should always check with a qualified professional like Don. He's a CPA and a CFP. And you can call him at 800-664-1183, as I said before. And you can also just go to donaldcashpodcast.com. While you're there, you could subscribe to the podcast on Apple, Google, Spotify, whatever platform you choose. You can also search that out in those apps just by typing in your money in your life. And we'd certainly appreciate if you enjoy the content, hit the subscribe button so you get future episodes as they come out. And that's going to do it, my friend. You have yourself a great week and a good Labor Day, and I'll talk to you soon. You too, Mark. Stay in the shade and stay in the pool. There you go. Go. We'll see you next time, folks, here on Your Money and Your Life. Stay safe and sane and enjoy your Labor Day. We'll see you next time. Investment advisory services offered through Donald W. Cash & Associates, LLC, a registered investment advisor in the state of New Jersey.